Shalom, and welcome to Via Hafta Yisrael, a Hebrew phrase which means you shall love Israel. We hope you'll stay with us for the next 30 minutes as our teacher, Dr. Baruch, shares his expository teaching from the Bible. Dr. Baruch is the senior lecturer at the Zera Avraham Institute based in Israel. Although all courses are taught in Hebrew at the Institute, Dr. Baruch is pleased to share this weekly address in English. To find out more about our work in Israel, please visit us on the web at loveisrael.org. That's one word, loveisrael.org. Now, here's Baruch with today's lesson. Last week, we began a difficult chapter, chapter 15 in the book of Leviticus, and we dealt with discharges that primarily came from men. And now, as I shared with you in this second part of our study in this 15th chapter, women are going to take the focus. And we know that women are uniquely different from men. Despite the deceit, the lies, the falsehoods of society, there is a difference between men and women. And this difference is obvious. And we know that women, not men, have what's known as a customary time of impurity each month, a woman who is in the childbearing years. Now, we need to learn some words. And the first word that I want you to learn is the word nida. This word nida speaks to a woman who is menstruating. Now, there's a second word we need to learn, and we encountered this word last week in regard to a male that has a discharge, and that is the word zav. But we're dealing with females this week, so it would be the term in the feminine, which is zava. What is the difference between a nida and a zava? For the most part, we're dealing with a blood discharge from that particular organ of a woman and we know that that can happen as it normally does during that monthly time or what happens when it goes longer than the normal period or at a different time of the month and a unique time this can show health problems and therefore these things blood in general must always be dealt with in a specific way blood has great significance blood has a message and therefore because a woman is issuing forth blood there are rules this renders her impure if it's the customary time nida if it's a time beyond that customary time or at a different time then she's called a zava and we're going to study why this is important what the rules are according to the torah and let me say before we begin our study that this is most significant in the jewish community today there's another phrase that i'm going to say to you in hebrew it's called taharat hamishpacha what is that the purification of the family And it's interesting, although we call it the purification of the family, who is responsible? The woman. She has great influence in her family. 
and therefore it's her keeping these laws that have an impact a great influence upon her family's spiritual condition whether that family is going to be blessed by god or whether that family will not be blessed by god so we have this term tarat hamishpacha family purity and it deals with what must be done and let me simply say that we're going to for the sake of this study focus upon what the bible says because today remember without a temple the law cannot be observed in the full measure of the law and therefore what we have in judaism is rabbinical law that is enforced that's what orthodox judaism follows well we're not under orthodox judaism and therefore for the most part we're not going to deal with what orthodox judaism says in regard to this issue but be assured it is highly significant it impacts that that family relationship especially between the husband and the wife and that time of intimacy it's regulated by these laws but they do not follow the biblical laws they follow rabbinical laws today that are very different for example i shared with you the term nida a woman who enters into that that monthly cycle where she is menstruating well today under jewish law there is no nida everything is rendered as a zava which is more strict the time of separation is longer what must be done to be brought back into the community is different so be very much aware that there is a significant difference in how it's observed today under rabbinical law compared to what we read in this passage where primarily we learn the biblical law in regard to this issue so with that said let's begin take out your bible look with me to leviticus chapter 15 and we're going to begin in verse 19 leviticus chapter 15 and verse 19 and a woman that there shall be a flow a discharge and here it is a discharge of blood the hebrew word dam so she has a discharge of blood and it says that it should be a discharge in her flesh if this is the case then it says seven days she shall be a nida she should be impure or unclean but it's a different word last week and you've heard this word many times the word tame or the noun tum'ah for impurity being ceremonially unclean this is a different word it's not the word tum'ah but it's word nida and we're talking about an impurity that comes about because of that monthly cycle that there's blood present and it says here that she is going to be considered impure in that state of uncleansiness for seven days verse verse 19 the second part and all who touch her will be unclean until the evening 
so here we see the rule she's a nida she is healthy but there is that discharge from her a discharge of blood anyone should touch her in a very innocuous way anyone who touches her he is going to be unclean or she if it's a woman unclean until evening now notice nothing else needs to be done but look now to verse 20 and every where she sits upon so everything she sits upon in her nida in that state of impurity during that monthly time it is unclean it becomes impure it becomes defiled and it says and all who shall sit upon it everyone who sits upon that which she has has uh uh sat upon is going to be unclean and it says look now to verse 21 and anyone who touches her bed so anyone who touches her bed notice this is where she sleeps and there's a rule there is seeing a greater significance for her simply being something coming in contact with something for a short period of time and the place where she sleeps all night and therefore we see a different rule one who touches her bed the place that she sleeps in it says this time he will wash his clothes and wash in water meaning wash his body in water and afterwards he'll still be unclean after he washes his clothes and washes himself bathes in water he's going to be unclean until evening and again some would say that this washing in water of his body is an immersion verse 22 now we're not dealing with her bed in verse 22 we're dealing with something that she should sit upon look at verse 22 and everyone who touches any vessel which she has set upon it so now we're seeing that it's not just simply touching her briefly but it's sitting upon not her bed but any place else that she has set it says here in this case he will also wash his garments and wash in water again this immersion and will be unclean until evening now look at verse 23 it says and if upon the bed he or upon a vessel that he sits upon it and uh, touches it he will be unclean until evening now here notice it's talking about the bed hamishkaf or upon a vessel but it says here if he sits up upon that which she has set upon and he touches it so notice she has set upon this but he only does what well look again very important if upon the bed he or upon the the vessel meaning like a chair 
which she has set upon it he touches in this case he's only touched and therefore he's unclean to evening he does not need to wash his clothes or immerse himself in water but verse 24 but if a man will lie with her so now we have a situation that she's in that customary time of impurity and he lies this term lies he has relations with her in intimacy that that sexual relation verse 24 and if a man shall lie with her and and it shall be that her impurity what she is is now upon him and because he lied with her he touched her but it's not simply an innocuous touching but he lied with her sexually therefore the same situation that she's in he enters into because it says here and impure or unclean or defiled however you translate the word tame seven days and notice every bed which he will lie upon it will be unclean so he becomes because he lied with her he becomes in the same category the same situation of impurity just like her that's a different from just laying on the bed that she was in or touching it different or sitting in a chair that she sat in different rules depending upon the situation now look at verse 25 a woman that has a flow that flows a discharge that is discharging of blood but notice there's a change it is not simply during that normal time of impurity each month but it says here yamim rabim what's the implication here many days and we are told by the sages it means many days beyond the normal amount of time so if you have a normal menstruation for for five days six days now we're talking something that is significantly beyond that seven days eight day ten days this is what this verse is speaking of look again at verse 25 a woman that her flow flows and it's a flow of blood many days and then it says and not the time of her being nida so it's not the normal time of her menstruation or that that it flows beyond so she can have something that is a discharge of blood not any way related to that time that monthly time or it can be beyond meaning and i've spoke of that just a moment ago instead of being the normal five or six days it's eight nine ten twelve days so it's an extension it doesn't end like it normally ends it continues on or at an entirely different time of the month in either situation she's changed she's no longer seen as nida but she's seen as zava and as i shared with you today a woman who has a discharge of blood whether it's the normal time 
or beyond the normal time or a different time they are all all are treated as a zava and rabbinical law has an entirely different way of handling this so realize that in regard to a normal nida it's totally different and we see some other factors look now to verse 25 it says here or look at this or that she should flow beyond or above the normal time of of her menstruation all the days of her flow she is unclean and she's going to be treated that's the same law even though it's a different circumstance she is going to be treated as the days of her normal nida her normal menstruation she is impure so the way it's handled is the same way according to the torah the same way whether it's it's the normal time or not now there's going to be a degree of an exception here in a moment that we're going to deal with but here so far it simply says as the days of her normal menstruation so is she she's impure and one should treat her in that way meaning all those laws that we've dealt with from verses 19 through verse 25 they apply to her in any of these three categories and what are the three categories the normal time beyond the normal time or a totally different time not at all associated with the normal time verse 26 and every bed which she shall lie upon all the days of her her flow um we see it's just like the bed of her normal menstruation it will be to her so it just reminds us it's the same law for the bed that she lied upon same thing and every vessel and vessel here is probably referring to a a bench a chair somewhere that she can sit it says in every vessel which she sits upon it it will be unclean it's as the impurity the uncleansiness the defilement of her as a nida so no change verse 27 and everyone that touches them whatever these things are if they touch it they will be impure but notice if they touch it in this case there's a difference if they touch it it says here that they will wash this one will wash his clothes and he will wash in water meaning he will immerse and he's unclean until evening so here it's somewhat stricter because he doesn't have to sit upon it he doesn't have to lay upon the same bed if he touches it in this different category of zava it's a more stringent he must always just for touching he must always wash his clothes and immerse verse 28 now in verse 28 it's dealing with her being pure what is that telling us one simple thing the blood has stopped there's no longer any blood whatsoever this discharge is no longer happening this is what it means when it says 
in verse 28 and if she is purified from her discharge here's a difference normally what happens is this in the normal state of being a nida in that customary time so that same monthly cycle she enters into it we find that under the torah law rabbinical law is different remember what i said rabbinical law today everyone is a zava it's treated this way but in the bible there was a distinction in how a woman was treated whether she was nida in her customary time or having a discharge of blood beyond that time or at a totally different time now for what we're studying currently we're dealing with not a nida the customary time but a zava which is beyond something's happening that is unusual it's beyond the normal time or at a different time and in this case when it stops there's no longer any blood what is she should do what is she supposed to do look at verse 28 if she is purified from her discharge meaning it's no longer there it says she counts seven days afterwards she purifies now the commentators say this she counts a full seven days of spotlessness meaning she has to count even going beyond examines herself in a very specific way we'll set that aside for our discussion she makes sure that there's no blood whatsoever that is emitting from her she has to make sure for seven days at the end of those seven days she is certified as pure and it says here ve achar tithar and afterwards she purifies the rabbinical world sees this purification as her immersing now does she have to immerse according to the torah after her normal customary time what i've said is a nida the answer is no do they today today everyone is treated every female if she has a discharge of blood she's treated as a zava this is the important thing to know therefore after her monthly time that that discharge ceases biblically it's over but today there is seven days spotless days that must be counted in both circumstances and then she immerses and then she is brought back into the status of normal but during the time of the of the temple or the tabernacle before that notice what was happening look at verse 29 after she completed those seven spotless days and immerse it says on the eighth day she takes for herself two turtle doves or two pigeons and she brings them to the priests at the door of the tent of the meeting so she does that and notice what it says the priests will do with one will make one of them for a sin offering now has she done some sin no 
but what has happened the blood if it's the normal time of nida that egg has not been fertilized that egg has not produced life there's an element of death and the teaching is if there's a different time or an extension of that time there's also a a relationship between death because life is in the blood if it's out there it must be dealt with and that's why there is a sin offering it's not saying she's guilty but all of these things are an outcome of sin what i mean by that is they point to the fact that we're not in the original state that god created us to be in sin changed that and this is an outcome of sin and therefore not a sinful act but that first sinful act in the garden of eden sin entered into the world and therefore there is that that one of the turtle doves or one of the pigeons for a sin offering and the other one for a burnt offering as we've seen at other times and therefore it says the priest shall make atonement for her before the lord why because of this flow this discharge she had that rendered her impure so we see today without a active priesthood without a a temple or a tabernacle no altar there is no no sacrifice that's given nothing that's brought to the the priests she simply immerses and that's the end of it now here again there is debate whether that phrase go back to the end of verse 28 where it says ve'achar tithar whether that means to immerse or not some will say afterwards just completing that time she is pure that that she just because of the time that passed where there is no evidence of blood she is now pure most of authorities in judaism says she must immerse move on to to the next verse verse 31. now this begins this verse begins with a unique word it's the same word for a a crown or a diadem that would set upon a king's head or a a special head covering for the high priests and what we're talking about something that sanctifies one sets this one apart and this is again a big deal within the bible that things are set apart for a purpose and here it relates to all the children of israel all of god's people where it says look again at verse 31 and you shall set apart no other nation does this no other people so you're sanctifying you're setting apart the children of israel why that they would be separated from their impurity now why is that important well i hope you know the answer to that if someone is tame god's not going to bless one must be tahar or tahor would be the correct way pure in order that god will work in that one's life so god wants to set apart the children of israel in order that he blesses them and this blessing this unique 
witness that comes upon them is going to be for a witness that they can see the nation sees that god makes a distinction and the implication is that nations would want to join with israel to become part of a blessed people that's what happened in egypt when god made a distinction between the egyptians and the children of israel more and more egyptians and those from other nations that were there join with the jewish people in keeping the passover look again at verse 31 and you shall separate the children of israel from their impurity that they should not die in their impurity when in their purity that they would do something if they're impure therefore they would contaminate and then we have the word my tabernacle my mishkan now there's a change in words because if you go back up to an earlier verse where it says look at the end of verse 29 where it says el patak ohel moed to the door or the entrance of the tent of meeting ohel moed that's the tent of the meeting it could be translated tabernacle but here we have the word mishkani my tabernacle it's a different word not the word ohel tent the tent of meaning ohel moed but mishkan which comes from the hebrew word which means to dwell to reside so this word so say the authorities is more closely related to the dwelling presence of god among his people and he says that you will not contaminate my tabernacle which is in your midst now here what's the reference being in the state of of tamay impure unclean defiled you can't worship god if you try to it is going to render impure god's dwelling place therefore what god says is i want you to be separate different apply these laws to your life so that you can worship me so another aspect of being tame is that it impacts your ability to worship god well look at the the next verse verse 32 this is the law of the one that has a discharge or not just the one that has a discharge of blood that's what we've been talking about or should go forth from him so now we're talking about men and what goes forth uh semen that can in make impure this this situation whether the tabernacle uh whatever it deals with impurity this this discharge of that of that fluid so again we're dealing with both whether it's a discharge of blood or of of semen whatever it is this is how it must be handled and this is true it says here in order that that there's not a contamination of the tabernacle last verse and we'll be done we have another word that is introduced this word dava dava usually is referred to a a woman who is ill but ill in a specific way she has that discharge 
So this is true for a woman uh, that's having a discharge of whatever type it might be that renders her impure. And it's also for one that has a discharge of some discharge. And notice it says whether it be for a male or a female. So these are the laws for both male and female that should have a discharge from their body. And it's also for a man, these laws, that will lie with with her in her state of being impure. So what we've seen in chapter 15, an entire chapter dedicated to this issue. And again, I realize that it's not pleasant talking about these things, but again, it's the Word of God. And therefore, we want to be disciplined. We want to study all of God's Word and learn these principles because they can be applied to other areas in our life. For example, are there other things that can render us impure, that can contaminate us spiritually? Absolutely. What goes into our our bodies through our eyes or through our ears, those things that we see and hear, when we look at things, we ought not see something that is not edifying, but quite the contrary, that which is contaminating from a spiritual standpoint. That can impact our family. That can impact our worship. It can impact God's willingness to work in our life to bless us. So these things have a lot of application towards them. And that's why it's important to learn from them. Well, I'll close with that. Until next time, and by the way, next week we begin chapter 16, and that entire chapter is about one day, and that is Yom HaKippurim, the day of atonement, literally the day of atonement. We'll talk more about that term and that day significant next week when we meet together for midnight from Jerusalem. Until then, shalom from Israel. Well, we hope you will benefit from today's message and share it with others. Please plan to join us each week at this time and on this channel for our broadcast of loveisrael.org. Again, to find out more about us, please visit our website, loveisrael.org. There you will find articles and numerous other lectures by Baruch. These teachings are in video form. You may download them or watch them in streaming video. Until next week, may the Lord bless you in our Messiah Yeshua, that is, Jesus, as you walk with Him. Shalom from Israel.